The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Hello and welcome inside the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. I am once again the namesake. Happy to have you with us once again for another week of high school football. Last regular season week of high school football in West Virginia and in Ohio. The playoffs start this week. Let's take a look at some impressions from last week's games. Williamstown fell to Doddridge County in a slop fest from West Union. Of course, both teams had to play in that setting. So at the end of the day, what matters is that Doddridge made plays and Williamstown didn't make enough plays that they needed to win the football game. It was a bit of a proving ground for Hunter America. America because Hunter America was able to pick up some pretty big numbers for Doddridge County. His touchdown run in the third quarter ended up being the go-ahead score for the Bulldogs. A big statement for Doddridge County. I think it's a bigger statement for Doddridge County than it is against Williamstown or anything like that. I think there's no question Williamstown's a good team. I think if those two teams meet on a different night under some different circumstances, Williamstown may come away with a win. But again, both teams had to play under the same circumstances and Doddridge County managed to adapt a little bit better. Hunter America carried 42 times to 300 10 yards. He scored both Bulldog touchdowns. The 77-yard run in the third was the decision maker. That also pushed America over the 2,000-yard threshold and he still has another game left. He has been absolutely incredible this year. There's no question about that. For Williamstown, Donathan Taylor wasn't bad, 122 yards on 29 carries, but the Yellow Jackets were held to just 166 yards total. Carter Haynes connected with Eric Brown for an 18-yard touchdown pass, and that was their only score of the ball game. Much of the game played between the 20-yard lines, not a lot of action inside the red zone. This was just a slop fest on a miserable night, so we'll see what Williamstown does to bounce back. They are down at 8-2 in the regular season. We'll see them in the postseason. Doddridge County will go for 10-0 as they face Tigers Valley. Sometimes Sometimes it's not your night for Williamstown. I don't think this is any kind of an indictment on how their season's gone. It just does not seem like they had their best night. I think they'll refocus, and there's maybe nobody better than Terry Smith and his staff at getting a team focused or refocused, be it at halftime or be it after games. But for Williamstown, I think you have to look at some very real things. You have to look at what it was maybe you could have done differently, uh, whether that's a weakness that another team could exploit on a different night. Because to be a state champion and to make deep runs, you have to win under all kinds of circumstances. You have to win when maybe your players aren't the healthiest or don't feel the best. You have to win when uh, the weather's extremely high. You have to win when the weather is maybe extremely cold or wet. And you have to win under a lot of different circumstances, and that's what makes football such a tough gamut to run, is that in the course of the football season, especially given what time of the year football is played, the weather could give you anything. You, know, you could have people sick. You could have people hurt. You have to find a way to win under a bunch of different circumstances, and I think this was going to be a lesson for Williamstown. It would not surprise me if they go on a four-game winning streak in some win the whole thing. They are capable of knocking off Wheeling Central. I'm still not sure that Doddridge County could do that. Doddridge County may get their chance against Wheeling Central. This one may end up being better for Williamstown in the long run because it may move them out of the bracket with Central. We'll have to see how things play out at the end of this week. Parkersburg South absolutely destroyed Wheeling Park. A 30 to nothing win. It was South's sixth straight win. Nick Yoho got enough yardage to push him over 1,000 on the season. He carried 20 times for 145 yards and scored a pair of touchdowns in the game for Parkersburg South. And this Patriots team is winning with a pretty simple formula. They're outrushing their opponents. They're not allowing points. They've only allowed 28 points in their six-game win streak. They've won the turnover margin 11-1 to 
won in the last four games. They haven't turned it over in the last three. And Coach Mike Eddy says they've emphasized that a lot this year. They're the best scoring defense in the state. They've limited opponents to fewer than 10 points per game. Wheeling Park really struggled to get anything going against Parkersburg South. And there have been detractors of this Parkersburg South team all year long, but they have fed into what Mike Eddy's doing. And he's told me that before. He says that's been a motivating factor for his team. He likes getting under his team's skin and giving them that little edge and allowing them to play with that chip on their shoulders. There were detractors after the Morgantown game, after South went out and beat Morgantown. The narrative, well, well, yeah, that was a beat-up Morgantown team. South goes out and beats Wheeling Park. Well, yeah, you beat them in the slop and in the muck and in the rain. You know, it rained just as hard for Parkersburg South as it did for Wheeling Park. They both had to play on the same field. But Parkersburg South was able to manage to find a way to score and move the ball. Wheeling Park just didn't. And at some point for the South team, you can't look at the competition they played and make excuses based on that. You can't make excuses based on the fact that they might have won on a bad night. Because like I said with Williamstown, it's the great teams that find ways to win in different circumstances. And don't look now, but Parkersburg South is not only winning a lot, but they're winning under different circumstances. And that's what's starting to take this team from good to great. PHS had a tough loss in overtime at Huntington. Huge bounce back win for the Highlanders after two straight losses. Jake Johnson threw a couple of touchdowns, but was picked off three times, including once in overtime. That snaps a four-game winning streak for PHS. So they come into this off of a loss, and they're not the healthiest because Tyler Mahler has dealt with some injuries. He did get a four-yard touchdown run, but he's battling a nagging injury that's bothered him all season long. Uh, So it'll have to be Jake Johnson that steps up in the running game once again for Parkersburg. He'll have to throw to his plethora of targets. He's got Brenton Strange that gets a lot of attention, but also there's Braden Mason, Keontae Peacock, Dylan Shaver, a whole lot of weapons at his disposal. So though this is not a PHS team that has 100% health, they certainly have a lot going for them as they go into this game against South Stadium Field. The fact that it's a stadium field is a big factor that helps them because you put many teams on grass and as we said last week, grass is becoming a big home field advantage for Parkersburg South. You take them off the grass and that's definitely something else that they don't have in their favor. You look at one way or another what might decide this matchup. We'll have a preview on Parkersburg and Parkersburg South coming up here in just a little bit. Big bounce back win for Parkersburg Catholic. They defeated Hannon 43 to nothing. Uh, They needed to do that. They needed to come out and do what Parkersburg Catholic had done all season long. They ran for 324 yards. It was all of their offense, by the way, on the ground. Jeb Boyce ran for two touchdowns, returned an interception 80 yards for one. Ty Sturm ran for two touchdowns to pace Parkersburg Catholic. They got a 29-yard field goal from Clay Dexter. So uh, this is a single-A team that can kick the ball as well. Uh, That's a confidence booster, as they'll have this week off to prepare for the postseason. Ritchie County took care of business in a win against Gilmer County. The Rebels knocked off the Titans 46 to nothing. Here's the big takeaway. Trey Moss was back for Ritchie County. He came back last week, but was a little bit limited. Moss with 22 carries, 188 yards, including a 43-yard touchdown run. Garrett Owens had 93 yards on 10 carries. Cody Wayne found Tatum. McCloy on a 25-yard touchdown pass. Four different Rebel ball carriers reached the end zone, but I think having Trey Moss as that explosive home run threat in the running game is what's going to make Ritchie County dangerous if they can get into the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be a very dangerous seed in the bottom part of that bracket. I would not want to be the two or the three or the four that has to go up against Ritchie County. And if it's Doddridge County that has to go up against Ritchie County, then it's going to be a battle of Hunter America versus that Ritchie County defense. There are going to be some teams in the bottom part of the Class A bracket that are going to be very dangerous, and if I'm a 
top five or six team. Uh, there's a lot of matchups I'd want to avoid if at all possible. We'll have a full playoff preview next week on the podcast, by the way. Tyler Consolidated slip past Valley 26-24. They stay alive. Uh, they got a touchdown run from Mark Rucker late in the third quarter, and that is what gave them the deciding score. They played to a draw in the fourth quarter. Rucker had two touchdown runs. Griffin Phillips returned to kick 70 yards for a touchdown, uh, threw a pass 20 yards to Gage Huffman for a touchdown. So they stay alive as they face St. Mary's this week. St. Mary's fell on senior night. They go to 3-6 and six on the season. Chance at a 500-year off the table for the Blue Devils. Ravenswood snaps a six-game losing streak to get the win there. So St. Mary's and Tyler Consolidated playing for pride for St. Mary's, but for Tyler Consolidated, a chance to go to the playoffs. And for so many years, Tyler Consolidated came into this matchup with a chance to spoil St. Mary's season and didn't do it. And now St. Mary's has a chance to play spoiler. We'll see if the Blue Devils do it. River got past Frontier and thus qualified for the playoffs because they got the help that they needed to make it into the postseason. River got an 18-7 win over Frontier. They're 5-5, five and five, and they're going to come into a matchup with the number one Lucas Cubs. Lucas routed River 63-6 just two weeks ago, and it's going to be tough for the Pilots to bounce back from that one. They'll be playing on a neutral site. They'll be playing just up the road from Lucas High School at Madison High School. Lucas's field was deemed unplayable, so that game was moved, but the injuries and the sickness really hurting Mike Flannery's Pilots. They're on the third different quarterback this year. I'm hearing the numbers may be 16 or fewer for the Pilots. Uh, They're starting tailback Connor Dennis is out with Mono. Uh, His older brother Hunter Dennis and sophomore Michael Johnson will get all of the carries. So it's going to be a battered, beaten, and worn down team that faces Lucas. But for the River Pilots, that's their fifth straight year in the playoffs. Uh, We'll see what the River Pilots can do. That game, by the way, will be carried on WXCR Saturday afternoon, so you'll want to be with us for that one. Looking at some of your feedback from the things that you were impressed by, a couple of you made comments about the weather. How about Justin Bradley sending me a gif of the weatherman from Family Guy. Richie County assistant coach Sean Cole has a gif of a duck running across water and running in the muck. Calls it actual footage of a running back last weekend in West Virginia trying to run the ball. It was a pretty nasty track all around the state. Some did better than others on it. Craig points out River making the playoffs. Here's the scenario that they made, as Craig points out. Eastern upset Southern 27-26 on a hook and lateral in the final seconds of that game. We've seen that a couple times as Parkersburg beat Wheeling Park in a similar fashion. East Knox defeated Danville. Shen and would beat Caldwell, and because of that, River has that rematch with Lucas. That's at Mansfield, Ohio, at Madison High School there. Craig also says Summers County is a team that Tyler Consolidated needs to win on Friday, so if you're a Tyler fan, be looking at that Summers County game. Summers County playing Fayetteville in Fayetteville's last regular season game before that school closes. A Fayetteville win, Craig says, will knock Tyler out and put Fayetteville in the top 16, and Summers could fall to 16 with a loss. So it sounds like Summers is in either way, but Tyler Consolidated needs Summers to win and knock Fayetteville out of that top 16 and put Tyler in the top 16. So uh, we'll see what happens in that one, and we'll see if Tyler gets the help they need to qualify. We'll also see if Ritchie County gets the help they need to qualify as well. Depth Chart is the home for Wood County's most in-depth high school sports coverage. Depth Chart goes beyond the game with features that promote the student-athlete throughout the county. The Depth Chart website covers all six Wood County public and private high schools at DepthChartWC.com. Founder and journalist Kerry Patrick is experienced and has covered the Valley for more than a decade. To find out more or to check out six or 12-month subscription rates, go online to DepthChartWC.com, like Depth Chart on Facebook, or follow on Twitter at DepthChartWC. Depth Chart, subscription-based online sports coverage that keeps you in the know about the schools you care about. 
out. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at this week's poll question. Pretty simple one I asked you. Big Game Friday, who you got and why? South or PHS? This poll went as big as any poll we've ever done and maybe as big as any poll we ever will do. 715 people voted. I think I averaged somewhere between 20 and 30 a week. If that, probably the average is lower on a good week. It's somewhere between 20 and 30. But we got 55 shares this week and because of that it spread so far in just 48 hours that 715 people voted and with 51% of the vote, PHS came in ahead of Parkersburg South, a narrow vote. I think that's indicative of how close this is going to be, but I also think that a lot of people voted with their hearts, not their heads. I think there are a lot of people, based on some of the comments and the shares, that saw this as a point of school pride and and went that way with it, which is fine. I I totally get that. But I think this is a game that often goes either way anyway, so in many ways it shows the best. A lot of people base their vote on the fact that they've got a kid or a grandkid playing. Some of the comments bear that out. I can't see all the comments because a lot of the comments that are there are on the shares. I know this is shared multiple times. Some of those shared posts have comments. I can't see those all the time. Janet Butcher Alexander wishes the Big Reds well. She's a member of the class in 1955. Ken and Cheryl Watson, their grandson, plays for the Big Reds. Christy Myers-Bram is a Big Red through and through, and her son plays. Brian Lee Darty is a PHS graduate, so of course he's biased in this one, and, and I understand that. A lot of people voted on Pride and voted on quote-unquote loyalty lines, which is fine. But this one elicits some strong responses and some strong opinions from people one way or the other. And loyalty tends to outweigh what your head might say. But again, South comes in with a six-game winning streak, but PHS is playing on their home field, and they don't have to go play on grass. And that one is a big neutralizing factor in this game. We thank those of you who voted and posted feedback. I talked to both coaches this week. First, here's Parkersburg South head coach Mike Eddy's take on this Big Reds team. Stating back, outside looking in kind of thing, their athletes tend to get a little bit more hype, get a little bit more recognition than ours get. They're a little flashier, big play style, whereas we're more a bunch of grinders. We go out and do it play after play after play and try to be efficient from that manner, whereas I think you know a lot of the things that they're doing is home run or strikeout kind of concept. So I think that's probably the biggest uh, difference when you're just looking at the, the styles of play. So I don't know, it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting game. There's going to be some matchups where they have an advantage. If you're just looking player versus player, that's not new to us. I mean, that's something we go through every week. Again, one of those challenges that our kids look up to, uh, they look forward to. You know, we're going to have to go out and play a very efficient football game. We've been fortunate as of late to be taking care of the football. We've been minimizing our turnovers. We've done a good job of uh, tackling in space. So, you know, a lot of those just fundamental aspects of the game are going to be really important to us. That's Parkersburg South head coach Mike Eddie, a lot to unpack there. I don't really think he meant that remark about how PHS's athletes get more attention than South's as a way to necessarily throw shade at PHS. I think maybe he was throwing shade at a little bit of the local media and a little bit of the process and a little bit of why and how we pay attention to certain teams as opposed to others. PHS got a lot of preseason hype. They played in the opening game of the year that was televised on AT&T Sportsnet, so they've been a team that's been on everyone's radar from very early on and with six straight wins, you'd think South would have made it onto the radar a little early than maybe they have, but that's not the way things have gone out. South is not a team that's been on a lot of people's radars until fairly recently. Uh, they're having a fantastic season at 7-2, and two, and I think they'll have a chance to prove that they are the better team and maybe have the better individual talent than PHS, though I think if you come to this game or watch this game or listen to it, you're going to be in for a treat because there is a lot of individual talent on both sides of the ball. 
And I think a lot of the attention regarding PHS has to do with the fact that Brenton Strange of Parkersburg High was a Division One recruit and a heavily recruited Division One player. He had offers from more than a dozen schools and narrowed that down to eight. Eventually went with Penn State, so he's going to go to Penn State, and he will actually leave early, meaning that he's going to finish up his high school work this winter, and he'll be up there enrolling in January. So this is the last time you're going to see him play a sport here in Wood County. He's not playing basketball, won't be around for basketball season. If PHS ends up on the road in the first round of the playoffs, this is going to be the last time you see him play in this county, unless there's an upset and they make it to the second round. So if you haven't made it out to see Brenton Strange play football, you might want to get on that. But he's been hurt this year, so I think maybe this is some of the frustration with Mike Eddy and that Mike Eddy's facing, is that because Strange has been hurt, he's not been able to put up the numbers of some of his players that have not, in turn, received the press that Brenton Strange has received. I'm going to read you two blind resumes. One is Brenton Strange, one is not. 47 catches, 744 yards, five touchdowns. 27 catches, 398 yards, four touchdowns. The first of those belongs to Strange. The second, which is not nearly as prolific, but is not a shabby season nonetheless, belongs to Nick Yoho, who's not even a receiver for South. Those are all catches he has made out of the backfield. He has just one fewer receiving touchdown this year than Brenton Strange. Again, he's also played in two more games this year, and a lot of his have come on big plays he's made after the catch. And Strange has drawn more attention than Nick Yoho as a receiver. So I get it. That stands to reason. But look at Yoho's season. 18 touchdowns on on the ground. Over a thousand yards. He's averaging 7.7 yards per carry, Yoho is. And Tyler Muller's been battling through some injuries. He is averaging a little over six yards a carry, 1,288 yards on the ground, and 12 touchdowns for the Big Reds. They're also getting good efforts on the ground from Jake Johnson. Maybe a little bit better than South's Braden Mooney, but South Mooney is actually becoming an emerging running threat as well to make a one-two punch with Nick Yoho. So I get it. If you look at the numbers in a lot of regards, the numbers that PHS is actually putting up are not not far off and in some cases are worse than the numbers that South is putting up. However, because PHS came into the year with a lot of preseason hype, South did not. PHS came into the year with a Division One recruit, South did not. I don't think Eddie sees that the narrative has shifted enough in his favor, whereas he thinks maybe it should have. And I understand that. I totally get that. At some point, you have to start to look at the story in front of you, how things are compared to what you thought they'd be. And the story in front of you now is that there are some very good individual performances on the Parkersburg South Patriots this year. And the performances individually on the Big Reds in some cases, though injury affected, have not been up to what the expectations were going into the season. That having been said, they still have a chance to play for some team goals, as does Parkersburg South. And in a long way to go about this, I think that's really what Eddie was touching on when he was talking about the differences between PHS and South and how South might not be getting the attention and the publicity that PHS gets. Speaking of PHS, here's Big Reds head coach Mike Bias. Do you see differences between your team and the Patriots? Pretty similar, really. I mean, they're doing a heck of a job over there and putting up points and shutting people down. And I think they're playing uh, really well on defense. You're playing really well on defense, too, and you've created a lot of takeaways. What do you credit your secondary success to? Well, we're playing better. I still think we can tackle a little bit better and play a little stronger up front. 
our kids listen well and they're showing up in the right spots and uh, we just have to uh, make plays when we get there, you know. That's Parkersburg head coach Mike Bias with some help from a car alarm if you didn't notice that. The Big Reds have definitely had a tougher road to this game than South has had. South had some adversity early in the season. They were 1-2. and two. A couple of those games were losses that they didn't feel they should have. They turned the ball over twice inside the 10-yard line against University in a game that got away from them late and then a loss to Athens. Uh, it was a 10-point loss, but it was a 3-point game most of the second half. And if South doesn't throw a tipped ball interception on the first drive of the third quarter, things maybe turn out differently in that game. But at 1-2, and two, they cracked down, and the Patriots now have reeled off six straight wins to get to 7-2. and two. That's the highest win total in any season under Mike Eddy. He's looking for only his second trip to the playoffs as head coach of the Patriots. The Big Reds' path has been a little bit more difficult because they've had injuries. You go back to the preseason when Brenton Strange got hurt in their last scrimmage of the year. They've had a Tyler Mahler at their disposal that is less than 100%. He's been battling a sports hernia injury that's been difficult for him to deal with, and it's rendered him ineffective in some games, to be quite honest. But he's gutted it out. It's been a very brave performance by Mahler this season, and I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up another brave performance against Parkersburg South. So PHS seems as healthy as they're going to be, though, all things considered. And for them, as Bias said, it's just a matter of trying to find ways to score against this Parkersburg South defense, though they have the weapons, because Strange is battling a shoulder issue this week as well. So if you don't have those guys at 100%, you still have Braden Mason, if you're looking at their receivers. You have Dylan Shaver, six touchdown catches. By the way, that leads the team in the category. And quarterback Jake Johnson stepped up and met a threat in the running game to help offset some of the uh, workload that Mahler maybe is not able to pick up. I think what South needs to do if they want to win, I think they need to lead early. They need to take away as many of those receiving threats as possible. You're not going to be able to neutralize everybody. There's just too many people out there between Strange, Shaver, Mason, Keontae Peacock. But you're going to have to neutralize as many of those threats as possible and make adjustments on the fly. And if you do have a lead, South is a team that's going to need to step on the gas pedal and pull away if they're leading. What PHS needs to do, they need an early takeaway because an early takeaway is going to stun Parkersburg South. South has won the turnover margin 11-1 to in the last four games, and they've not turned it over at all in their last three. So a takeaway for Parkersburg High early in this game is going to stun South, and once you stun them, that's going to be your opening. That's what University did. University caught South when they were stunned after those turnovers inside the five, and that's what allowed them to take control of the game. PHS is going to need to seal the edges between Nick Yoho, Devin Gaines, and Brandon Penn. If you can keep them between the tackles, I think you stand your best chance of success against those guys, and they're going to have to tackle well in the open field, because if you let Yoho break tackles, that's when he's the strongest. He's the strongest when he breaks free, breaks tackles. This is a South team that grinds things out, as Mike Eddy says. They run people over rather than run around them, and they'll drag guys 5-10 yards, so they're not afraid to do that. PHS is going to need to hit, tackle cleanly, and be successful in the open field, or else they may give up some big plays against Parkersburg South. Either way, should be the game of the week in the state, should be the game of the year in the area. It's always a highly anticipated game, and I don't think it's going to let down this season. Let's take a look at this week's poll question. Was this a good high school football regular season? If so, why? If not, what did it lack? That'll be up on Facebook on our Eric Little High School Football Podcast page. So, again, yes or no, was this a good high school football regular season? If so, why? If not, what did it lack? You can weigh in week 11 if you want, if you want to 
to wait until after Friday or Saturday's games are complete, you can go ahead and do that as well. This poll is going to show up on our Facebook page first thing Thursday morning. I'm interested to see the takeaways, why you might say it is, why it is not. I think it's been an intriguing season. There's been some new teams that have stepped up and played well. I'll have my full thoughts on it next week, but you got to look at teams like Doddridge County that have stepped up and had a, a storybook season. Parkersburg South has been better than anticipated, so too is Parkersburg Catholic. Williamstown had eight wins in a row. PHS is battling through some injuries. All four Wood County teams come into Week 11 with winning records. PHS, if they lose, will drop to 5-5, five and five. but even so, it's been a banner year for Wood County teams, and there's just a lot of good stories from the area. That's just my opinion on the matter. Maybe the games weren't as competitive in some cases as we thought they'd be, but there have been some really good games in this area, too. But again, was this a good high school football regular season? If so, why? If not, what did it lack? That's going to be the Facebook poll this week. Look for that Thursday morning on the Eric Little High School Football Podcast's Facebook page. The games of the week in the area, of course, PHS and Parkersburg South. We'll keep an eye on that one and recap that one for you next week. Tyler Consolidated in St. Mary's. We've not talked about this one a lot today. Tyler slipped past Valley to stay alive in the postseason discussion. They're 5-4. and four. They're number 17 in Class A on the outside looking in, so they need to win against a 3-6 and six St. Mary's team and maybe get some help to sneak into the playoffs. I think the one, as we talked about earlier, they need Fayetteville to lose and slide into that 16 spot ahead of them. So we'll see if Tyler can do that. And then Magnolia and Wheeling Central. Wheeling Central, the best Class A team in the state and they'll be a big test for Magnolia as the Blue Eagles gear up for the playoffs. Magnolia has had two weeks to prepare for this one, so we'll see how the Blue Eagles respond against Wheeling Central. Of course, our games this week, Light Rock 93R and WXCR will simulcast that St. Mary's Tatter Consolidated game on Friday. And then WXCR on Saturday will have River and Lucas as the River Pilots are in the playoffs for a fifth straight year. And then on Friday, PHS and Parkersburg South will play on V96.9. So all of those should be big games. The Friday games will be preceded by Countdown to Kickoff at 6 p.m. That's a half-hour version on Light Rock 93R and WXCR and the full hour on V96.9. So you want to join us at 6 for airtime, all three of those stations this week. Again, Friday is a simulcast between... 93R and WXCR with St. Mary's and Tyler, and then V96.9 has South and PHS, and then WXCR has River Lucas Saturday afternoon. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, download us there, and also rate us and review us. You can also listen to us off of SoundCloud as well. That'll do it for us this week. Next week we'll have some of the coaches. We'll have audio from some of the coaches in the area, and we'll set you up for the first week of West Virginia High School football playoff action. We can't wait. My name is Eric Little. We thank you for listening to the podcast this week. We'll talk to you again next week, and until then, enjoy the games, everybody. This has been the Eric Little High School Football podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode and thanks for listening.